Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do in all spaces that you occupy. Hey, I'm Conroy. We got Tony here. And today we have an awesome guest. We're, we're tapping back in with our athletes. But before we jump into our podcast episode today, hey, go and share this. Like you're already share here. It. You're already share here. It. So share it to three friends and then give us a review. Review um, it. Go to our social media. Like, let us know. We're trying to meet our fans, man. Yeah, engage. Engagement. <laughs> Engagement. So, hey, let's dive in. We got Whitney Ashley on the podcast today. It's a great one. Stay tuned to the very end as well. Some dimes. Let's get it. Let's go. What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us. Hey, we got a special guest today. Um, this guest is another Olympian, 2016 Rio Olympian. We got Whitney Ashley on the podcast today. How are you be doing, Whitney Ashley? I am amazing. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes, we're excited. I'm really excited about this because... I know you and this is this is great and it's not just like a a random ask so I'm so glad you said yes and I'm so glad we get to hear your story and get yes, to share it with our listeners you. of course so um we wanted to dive straight in because I know we got some juicy things to talk about um but one thing I wanted to say I wanted to kind of go back is kind of how we met we met at the Olympic Training Center I moved to California in um 2016 January 2016 and that mm. was Rio year yeah. um and I came for rugby but I ran track in college so like my heart was still like with track so like yes I'll go to practice but I was always like looking at the track I will go down at the track and just watch you guys um so I love that we got to meet through that because that was really cool because uh I just love track. Um, <laughs> it's like a part of me. It's like understood. <laughs> understandable. Uh, but we didn't want to kind of dive into like um, your childhood. We want to pull back before we jump into some of the Woo! fun stuff. What did your childhood look like growing up in Riverside, California? Hot. Yes. Very hot. Anyone's ever been in Riverside. Um, so for me to be complaining now, living in the desert, I go, I don't know what you're talking about. You grew up in... 109, 110 weather, but quickly you forget when you move to beautiful places like San Diego. Um, I have two siblings. I am the oldest of three, and we grew up very active. We played all kinds of sports. My mom was a volleyball coach, and I'm not sure what the questions are prior to this. I'm hoping this, you know, I don't say too much, but um, yeah, my mom put us in all kinds of sports as kids. She did not believe that kids um, needed to be sitting around the house. And back then we didn't have smartphones or anything like that, but she wanted you to get out, be active, meet kids in the community. And so she was just big on us keep moving. And so outside of her volleyball practices, um, she got us into basketball. My brothers played football. And then ultimately one day we we're on a family walk again. My mom was big on fitness and we saw a youth track club. And my mom was like, Oh, I'm signing you guys up. This is perfect time. I can do my walk and I don't have to supervise you guys. I can hand you off to a couple of coaches <laughs> for a couple hours. It's great. Like it was all encompassing for her. 
And, and that's really where my story began. I tried a whole bunch of events and ended up throwing the shop hood. And that was the beginning of my journey, to be honest with you. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's years now, old. now I, 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 I've heard, um, cause we've been talking about sports, you know, you mentioned track, but I heard that you're a bowler, a pretty good one. Uh, okay. Very competitive as well. I, I love to bowl. It's one of my favorites. So yes. going day, I like, don't care about the food or anything like that. I go, let's go bowling. It tells you a lot about a person too, how they lose, how competitive they are. Yes. Uh, it's like the perfect amount of lighting as well. It's not too dark, not too bright. You get food. I mean, talk about an all-encompassing type of atmosphere. I'm dating is for me is top two, honestly. <laughs> top two. <laughs> Yo, that's it's like, hey, oh, I don't want to go on no date. That's that's cool, but let's go bowling, you know. Bowling. And the reason why I asked is because Tony, he's a big bowler too. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Bowling leagues. Yeah, I bowled for seven years, and oh. I'm in league, so yeah, I love bowling. I always beat Conroy when he comes through. It's not true. Humble it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the one thing I okay, one thing I recently don't like about bowling is ever since the whole like COVID scare, it's like when I when I if I think too hard about it, if I think too hard about it, I'll psych myself out because I'm like, I just put my hands in this hole and then I want to eat pizza. I'm like, right. but I can't think. I just gotta go. I just gotta do it and just have fun. It's oh, a, man, that's, that's great. It's a weird, weird concept. So um I did want to kind of pull back again. So you you Stepped in the track at a very young age. Now, did you immediately go straight to shot put or did you kind of toy around with other things? Yes, I did not like to run. I learned that very quickly. <sighs> it wasn't for me. And so I bounced around a little bit. They wanted me to try a little bit of everything. And they're like, you know, we got one more thing for your kid that could work out. And she's also a little on the hefty side. You know, hormones were kicking in, things like that. And so, you know, I was in the in-between phase where, you know, you kind of blow up a little bit like a little blowfish. And then you lean out. I was like in that in-between phase. And so I picked up a ball and I chucked the heck out of it. And they were like, wait a minute, we're on to something. There was no coach. Uh. So my mom um, picked up books, went to clinics, watched videos. And my mom coached me all the way through high school to San Diego State University. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Shout out to Miss Washington at North High School in Riverside. It's my mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, yeah. now, now, how was that relationship like with Ooh, your mom? Because very trying. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. We laugh about it now, but it was not funny in high school. We did not get along. I did not want to be told what to do all day. Then I had to mind my p's and q's on campus because she's also a teacher. So anytime I got in trouble, it was like you do know we all know your mother, right? It wasn't you know no shenanigans going on for me at least on campus, you know, I had to <laughs> stay in line. Like my mom was not far, um, but it was just, she was tough on me in the classroom, off the court. I play basketball as well. Really good basketball player. We can get to that, I guess, later. Um, I just feel like I could never <laughs> escape my parent, you know, it, picking me up in the morning, going to school together, waiting for her to go home. Like I just could never leave her presence. And so that was very, 
very, very hard. I didn't have as much of a social life. My mom was just always there. I love her to death. I don't mean this in like a bashing way. It's just that was the dynamic. That was my reality. So yeah, yeah. we had a tough time in high school. Oh, we mm -hmm. butted heads. I bet. And I mean, I feel like every mom daughter combo, like middle school, high school, it's just, it's just like this. And then it recycles and like, that's their best friend. Like, yeah, I'm I talk to her every day still. I don't care. I'm in my 30s. I talk to her mom every day and I'm upset when she doesn't answer my call. It's like, what else do you have to do? <laughs> I'm the light of your life. Come on. Oh, man. Like, we, we went through this together. Like we we were in this. Yeah. Switching up. That's funny. I did want to um kind of talk about. Uh, so you want to state. And I was hearing, I was, I was hearing that you, you necessarily didn't want to like you, your, your ideal wasn't like, Hey, I want to make the Olympics. Is that true? Very true. I recognize at a young age. Okay. I come from a single parent household and I mean, we weren't poor, but like, you know, we weren't rolling in dough and I'm like, I know college is very, very expensive. And I go, I can. I know that I had the athletic ability to earn a scholarship. And so I wanted to make sure that my mom never saw a bill for me to get an education. Mm, and so wow. that weighed heavily on me at a very young age. I recognized and I was like, yeah, I can do this. And she didn't have to worry about me because I knew, honestly, if I didn't, she would have done everything in her power, whether it was go into debt, she would have figured it out for me. And I did not want that stress. So I was like, you already had the stress of raising three children by yourself. Mm. Um, hoping to find, you know, looking for babysitters and, you know, my aunts and uncles stepped in, like it was a village type community, but I couldn't put that weight on her. No way. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. I earned a scholarship to make sure that my mom did not have to see a college bill. And I succeeded. She never <laughs> saw it. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That, that driving ambition is um, awesome to see, but I, I wonder also, um, Talk to us about what it was like not having a father in the household. Um, so it's an interesting journey with my dad. So my dad was there when I was young. I was very close to him. I was daddy's girl. And then he kind of just kind of did his own thing. Um, high school through college. So just like through my adult years. And that's where I feel I needed him the most. Um, um, just navigating teenage years, young adulthood, dating scenes. Like there's a lot of things I had to learn. Um, a lot of roads I went down. I probably didn't need to if I'd had, a, you know, the presence of a father. And so I was very affected by that. I was in denial, honestly, mm -hmm. until I was 30 years old. I wrote a letter to my dad before my 30th birthday. And I said, wow. you know what? I'm going to stop lying to myself and venturing through life. I didn't want to be that girl that had trauma and ruining mm. good relationships yeah. because I have yeah. daddy issues and I go, you can fix mm. it. Like everything is fixable. I wrote him a letter and I was like, well, we'll see what happens. And long behold, I hope it doesn't get mad at me for saying this. Long behold, he didn't reach out because he thought all those years I hated them. So he was, he was in fear. Um, and just kind of wow. hoping one day it would come around. And he called me immediately. Once he got that letter, we spoke almost immediately. He wrote me back first and then he called me and, um, we, We've been speaking ever since. So our relationship is actually pretty strong now. Um, about three years strong in my adulthood, but he was present at a young age. It was just mm. high school through college. We kind of just yeah. lost touch. Yeah. Well, mm. 
that's a that's a cool story to to see that like redemption in the newness of that relationship. Yeah, the reconciliation I think is um especially in the black community, you don't hear that side of it. No. So No. First of all, kudos to you for like Yeah. having that self-realization that like hey, I felt that need. So I'm going to try to fix it. Yeah. Like why not? Yeah. So that was that's really cool and shout out to your dad too for like immediately jumping on that cuz that's not always yeah. the story especially in no. the black community. No. So that took a lot of courage on your part as well. Oh, so, I cried. I know he got half yeah. crumbled he got that because it was in tears the whole time. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, it's been an awesome journey, a healing journey for sure for both of us. Yeah. What What were some of the things, if you don't mind sharing, like what were like some of the things you like you mentioned in that letter? Um, Hello. It's been a long time. I think I started with like a joke. It's been a long time that I reminded him to always be daddy's girl. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened. I know I was transparent about that. I don't, I know why he left and I'll keep that off the internet. Um, yeah. But um, that I forgave him and that mm-hmm. I needed him and I missed him. I, and I reminded him that I loved him always. It just, I had to find my way and I wanted a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> so, so were you like, afraid that he would like kind of like clown you for that because i know uh in my experience um i have a similar experience and when i when i approached my father it was just me being clown me being um you know called i'm a little girl i'm i just got all these daddy issues how was it like how did you feel a part of me thought he'd try to invalidate those feelings as in, well, you could have reached out all these years if you were feeling some type of way um, along those lines. But I didn't think that it would be like a joke to him. I just thought he'd be like, you could have reached out. It's a two-way. I thought it was going to put the two-way street. Cause I've heard um, other friends of mine reach out to parents after long periods of time. And it put a even more sour taste in their mouth yeah. because that was their parents' reaction. Like, well, why didn't you call me? And I go, I go, well, if I get that, I'm really not going to talk to this man ever again. And so um, it actually took me a month to put a stamp on that letter. I wrote mm-hmm. it, I want to say I wrote it in December with the, all right, I'm going to send it in January or right before my birthday. My birthday's in February, but I wanted to send it early before my birthday. I wanted that relationship to rekindle before 30. Yeah. And um, I just remember going, I put a stamp on it. I just threw it in the mailbox one day. And I said, it's done. Like, <laughs> this is it. I confirmed the address of my grandparents. And that was it. I was wow. like, it was, it was so scary. I go, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Even, even the waiting, I can only imagine like the waiting part. Yo, or right. are you the type that's like, I, I'll send it and I'm like, okay. Like, that's kind of how I'd be. I'd be like, I'll send it. I'm like, I'll just, I'll like fake forget about it. <laughs> nah, so I don't have to me. worry about I'd it. I'd be like, is anything right, happening yet? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm. I'm. It's really cool to hear that redemption yeah. story because, I, I, Tony and I talk a lot. Of, we have diff- similar father uh, situations too. Um, so it's cool to hear like a positive story, especially when it comes to black men. 
Um, but I did want to um, kind of pivot a little bit back to your your track career. Um, let's talk a little bit about you graduating from SDSU to 2016 Rio Olympics. And like, I think what a lot of people may not know about track and field athletes is that there's no money in track and field unless you are you stain bolts. Right. You know, like um 50%, I like to remind people, 50%, over 50% of track and field athletes live underneath the poverty line. Um, wow. I always thought I was going to go off and be a lawyer, to be honest with you. At the time, I was obsessed with how to deal with murder, scandal, yes. um, law and order. I mean, I was taking law and ethics classes, even though I was a journalism major. I was like, I can still go to law school. Thought I was going to be a lawyer, go to a PR firm um figure it out like I those were kind of the two areas in life that I thought I'd venture into and I was like I was just using track and field again to pay for my education my, my bachelor's degree and also participating in track and field and ended up just doing phenomenal things I broke every school record just about I still have the indoor shot record outdoor hammer and outdoor discus record there and I said that's cool great schools paid for and my Senior year went into national championships and I won the damn thing. Uh, my, I remember you can find this on any podcast. I said this over and over again. I looked at my coach that day and I said, I just want to be top three. I was always in like all American top 10, whatever. But I was like, I just want to crack top three. I want to leave here with a certain distance and I'll be happy with that. And I won it. Wow. And again, wow. that was another pivotal moment in my life where I go, man, I'll never forget my mom. She goes, you know, you have your whole life to work. I just want you to know that these jobs aren't going anywhere, but you have a very small window to be an athlete. And she goes, if that's something you want to do, I will support you 1000%. And like, just make a decision. And so I spent my entire summer of 2012, 2013, actually, um, thinking about which way I wanted to go. Do I want to go and get my master's and eventually end up in law school, go to a PR firm? I don't know. Or did I want to pursue this track and field career? And I just said, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's all she wrote. I packed up everything. Wasn't too far. I mean, Chula Vista, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> went up the road and moved to the training center. And I represented three, yeah, three world championship teams and one Olympic team. And was a alternate last summer for Tokyo Games. Wow. Because because you, you graduated uh 2012 walked in 13 that's why it's so confusing sometimes in my head but i finished in the fall there's only yeah. one ceremony walked in the spring mm -hmm. so then that was right after london, after london. correct so in those olympic trials most people don't know i participated in those trials wow. i was coming off of the ncaa win again low confidence zero goals did not see myself at a competitive level at least at you know at that level and my coach was like, you should just go just see what happens. And I was like, this is exactly why I didn't want to come. This was a terrible experience. Um, I cried. I go, I was embarrassed. I go, I see. I knew it was a fluke. And that's when I met my coach, Art mm -hmm. Venegas, at the time. And he goes, you have no idea. You have untapped potential. You haven't even been throwing um, that many years. Most women at your age started at a young age. You just started throwing your specific event. I think I was like three or four years in. And you wow. want an national title. He goes, please, like, put those tears away. You're going to make the next Olympic team. Mm. I laughed. And then wow. Four years later, not only did I make that Olympic team, I won U.S. trials. 
So U.S. Man. National. Oh yeah. All right. Which, which I think for for the listeners who don't know, it's our Olympic trials. Our U.S. It's Olympic, Olympic Games. It's an Olympic Games. There was, especially in some of the field events. I know, um, for Rio and Tokyo, the long jump competition oh was God. ridiculous. It was like one of the best long jump competitions, like ever. And it was just trials. So. The fact that you like it was Dang. cool is it, just hearing this story is really cool because I grew up and I was like, I want to be an Olympian. Like I saw Bolt win um in 2008 and I was like, I want to do that. And it's interesting hearing yours because yours yours is just like it just kept happening. It was like, I want to be top three. Oh, I want it. Oh, I want to <laughs> do this. Oh, I win a US trials. Like it was almost like it was like ordained for you to do that. Mm. But Crazy. It also sounds like it wasn't like an easy process. Can you talk about like that in between from what 13 to 2016? Like, mm. how were you like supporting yourself? You know, right out of college. I tell a lot of people, like, you can be broke for a couple of years out of college, like you'll you'll figure it out. But then it gets to the point where it's like, uh, I gotta make some money. Um, to begin, I was very grateful for the training center. A lot of people do not know this, but at the time they came with a bed. Food, travel, um, we had stipends. Wow. I mean, it was all at one point in time, the training center was the best place to be. And so forever grateful for the beginning of my career. I was fortunate to be sponsored by Nike about two years in. Um yeah, you were. Yeah. So I was with Go Nike. <laughs> and that helped a lot. I still stayed at the training center. I wasn't stupid. I was like, well, just because you're making more money, and we live in San Diego. So, you know, like you're you're looking at like $2,000 for rent. Yeah. yeah. Gas is high. I just go save your money as long as you can. And then I think I moved off my last year, but I had a roommate, um, did that type of thing just because I was like, okay, I'm tired of this twin bed life. Like I need a queen. I need my own space, but just so thankful. And I had the best time, mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. I didn't have, I never had to work. Everything just really worked out to be honest with you, but I have to give the training center the credit it deserves. There's I would have quit way sooner. There's no way I could foot yeah. that bill and take care of housing. No, I couldn't afford that in San Diego. No, no, no. Your 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 experience was much different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I I do love the center though. Did you work when you were competing? There was no way. We trained three times a day, okay. and it was like afterwards, my body was like, "Yeah, we're not doing anything." And right. I I was like, maybe maybe looking back on it, maybe, but like if I would do it now and there was and like with TikTok and all these social media, I could probably do that. But like, I was just trying to recover for the next day. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, talk to us about how you stay grounded while competing at such a high level. I wouldn't say that I ever was. I mm. beat myself to the ground. I always, I always stayed in that moment, like I'm a fluke. I, I mean, I, I won, but I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't tell you what came together that day or how that throw took off the way it did. It was, it's still a mystery to me. Like it just, again, everything aligned that day. And I could never buy in. I'd look around and I'd go, I know how long these, I wasn't intimidated, but I was like, I know how long these girls have been training. I, was like, I just never felt like I belonged. And so mm -hmm. it was a battle between 
do I continue doing this? And I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that I was grounded. I beat myself to the ground. And then something amazing would happen. And I go, well, maybe I could never stay in that moment, though. I'd find a way to talk myself out of wow. everything. Ugh, so negative. I had to be perfect all the time. I worked mm. hard, worked extremely hard, but it was never a drive behind it. I don't really know what I was chasing, to be honest with you. I just yeah. liked the idea. I fell in love with it later. It wasn't until I made the 2016 Olympic team and I go, I belong here. It mm -hmm. was when I was standing in my opening ceremony uniform next to Serena, pictures with her and wow. it's like, you know, everybody, like all the stars, right? And I go, we're all for one, at least for this hour, wearing the same exact jacket. Like I'm one, I'm, I'm, I'm standing next to Serena Williams, the same coat. And I go, that has to speak volumes to you, you know? Mm. It took four years though. Um, for me to to buy into that that I belonged so mm. Mm -hmm. that's awesome wow. I, what was like what was the opening ceremonies like for you because I specifically remember that one because that was like right after like they made the selections for the team and I was like I wasn't obviously there and I was like but I know that one that person that person that it was it was cool because I knew people I'd love to say a dream mm. come true because we all know that's not it but it was quite the experience. I was just in awe the entire time. I don't think I ever stopped smiling. I smiled from the moment when I put that that outfit on and we headed to the buses. I just, I was a kid in a candy store. Yeah. And I go, wow, I'm at the Olympic Games. Like that's when it was real. I go, forget the competition. That was like, that was the best part for me. Seeing all the athletes from everywhere. Mm. Um, oh, goodness. I had a great time. That was a good time. Brazil. Yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> was was Serena like your like did you get starstruck with her or like was there anybody you were like, oh my gosh, I just met this person? No. I it was just an honor. I yeah, just go that's awesome. I belong, like I belong here. Like I'm standing next to Serena mm. Williams. Like, I am not a Joe Schmo. <laughs> Whitney actually had a new name, it had new <laughs> weight to it. I couldn't wait to go. <laughs> Only uh, you know behind my name. Oh, I couldn't wait. I was thinking of all the ways that right. fancy was gonna be on paper. I said, "Oh, you can't tell me anything." <laughs> oh yeah, no. Oh man, that's that's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, talk to us a little bit about your biggest challenge so far in your career. Could you repeat that? Uh what is the biggest challenge so far in your career? Mm, myself mm. um to reiterate i i beat myself to the ground i could never enjoy the good times it was it was very short-lived it'd be like okay that was awesome but x mm. y and z like i'd find the negative all the time or i could have been better or and i could have had the best performance of my career i remember my first diamond league finish the highest finish i ever had and all I could do was pick apart the day and what I could have done differently instead of just enjoying the moment. And I feel like that started to carry into each season. I wouldn't, mm. there was never a reset button. Like I couldn't take things that I did well. I'd always go in with the previous season, things I wanted to change instead of going, wow, you did this this year. Um, instead of going with like two or three kind of goals, I go in with like 12. And that's yeah. a lot on your mind to start fall yeah. training. I just, I could never have a clean slate. And I just go, that was my demise. I don't think that I could ever get over that hump or where I wanted to be at athletically and on a performance level that I wanted to be at just because 
I had to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mind never shut off, never did. I'd obsess early in my career. I'd watch tons of film, not trying to mimic anyone, but I just was obsessed with the movement. I wanted to be better, yeah. but I didn't realize again, you know, I was different the way I was built. And I just, I wouldn't say I trusted everything my coach said. I was always trying to find a better way to do things and mm. ah, stress. It was stressful. Yeah. No, yeah. very stressful. When the lockdown happened, how did that, how did that affect you? Um, Cause I know it pushed a whole nother year of training a whole nother year to mental it. For those of the viewers who don't know, it takes a lot of mental capacity, say locked in for that long to compete at that high of a level. I mean, you're, you're talking about now it is very stressful. Um, So how did that, how did the lockdown affect you? You know, it's the first time I got to sit down and face Whitney. I got a chance to figure out things that I enjoyed. Um, I cried a lot, not just because we were in lockdown, just because I, I got a chance to look in the mirror a little bit and go, man, you have stressed yourself out for nothing. I enjoyed the time. I found things to do, painting and DIY projects. And I read a lot. Uh, I just, I took my mind to other places. I tried to find true happiness, to be honest with you. I thought it, for me, it was a great year. It was so needed. I needed to sit down and not think about track and what was going to happen or not going to happen because I couldn't control it anymore. And I go, it's really out of my hands. We didn't know feelings was going to get canceled. Uh, we, you know, we didn't have any answers till way later. And I said, don't dare, don't you dare stress yourself out, self out about things you can't control. And so I did it. And I had a great, had a great time. I had a whole bunch of TikToks. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I had, I had such a good time. I had a good time. That's so. good. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like it was good in a lot of ways. Cause it, like you said, it helped, it made us like look in the mirror and say like, who is that person? And sit and deal with it. We, we, <laughs> right. we, we, we couldn't go anywhere. Um, I did hear in, in uh, a recent interview that you did that um, there was a time where you were struggling like with with mental health. And, you know, you, you, you hear it as you, you talk about how much you were beating yourself up a, with like track and stuff. Can you like kind of allude on that a little bit? Like what that was like? Yeah, I um. I had a suicide attempt in 2018 um, and it was bigger than track. It was, I just felt I came to a point in life again, focusing on the negative that things were just not going my way. Um, I felt like I couldn't catch a break. I, I was not proud of myself or what I mm. saw in the mirror. Um, I felt like I was making sacrifices and nothing was coming together. Mm. And I just, you just get so overwhelmed and there it's crazy because I used to hear stories and I go, Oh, that's so sad. And I go, I couldn't imagine. Um, but I, I know what it's like to, to not be able to get out of your head and you just want to shut things off. And that's really all it was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to run. I just was like, I just, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't want to be here. Did not want to be here. I didn't think I had anything else to live for. I said, I've traveled enough. I don't have any kids. Like I go, it's not really a legacy I've left. I've not done anything in my mind significant enough. Even after mm. making that Olympic team and riding that high, I just hit a new low. And wow. oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And then I went to therapy for about two years. Well, two and a half, actually. I just took my last therapy session January of this year, 2022, because I don't know how long this is going to play for. But 
uh, January of 2022, my therapist told me to go fly. And so wow. here I am. Yeah. He was, he was becoming a crutch, I think, a little bit. And he was like, you're fine. Just go fly. Mm. You can always book me later if you need me, but go fly. And mm. I'll never forget it. Mm. So shout out to Reggie. That was my therapist. Mm. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So can you uh, talk to us about where do you think the being hard on yourself and negative, negative self-talk stem from? You know, I'm not really sure, but as I spoke to my mom when I got older and just wanted to know about myself as a kid, I, you have so many questions like, what was I like? And what did I do? And, you know, your parents start spilling like, oh, I used to do this. And she just said at a young age, I was always really competitive and just had to be perfect. She mm. would get on me a lot like, hey, like, relax. Um, I would really get down on myself when I didn't accomplish something. And I didn't know the magnitude of that, obviously, until way later or even how to combat that because I was able to get away with it for so long. Um, and for the most part, succeed at what I was embarking on, you know? So it wasn't until I was really faced with some serious adversity and I really had to do some deep diving that I go, man, like my weaknesses are magnified right now. And I do not know how to deal with them. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. wish it on anybody. For people mm -hmm. who are like, I forget about it, you know, short-term memory. Oh my goodness. I wish, I wish I hold on to everything. I can tell you dates, times. I get on my boyfriend's all, all the time with like past events. And he just goes, who has that kind of memory? That's just how I operate. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Wow. No idea. Yeah. That's crazy. Would you say, um, cause Tony and I are big proponents of, you know, therapy and, we like to couple it Jesus and therapy because I feel like they both go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And would you say, was therapy something that like you, because I can only imagine how like everybody's saying like, actually, uh, Whitney, maybe it's time to go, Whitney, it's time, it's, maybe it's time to go to therapy. Or was that something that you were thinking about prior? I just was so afraid um of the path that I was on mentally that I didn't want to speak to well that's a lie let me go back I tried to speak to people around me and what I got was you're being dramatic wow. you're fine mm. you're fine um what are you talking about you've, you've accomplished so much you're an Olympian mm. like why would you say that about yourself and I go sky go that's all you guys see so that's all that I am and so wow. um you know, I went down that other dark hole again and I go, I have to speak to someone who knows nothing about me and could care less about what I've accomplished in life. I want them to see me as a person mm. and to hear, like, I just want them to hear me. Mm. And that's, that's why I went down that road because also in the black community, we make fun of people who go to therapy. We call them shrinks. I ain't talking to no shrink. I ain't telling no stranger my business. Yep. Uh, yep. And to be quite frank, don't let them be, you know, of another descent. It's like, I would, I, you know, you, what's in the house stays in the house kind of thing, yep, you know, yep, you, don't tell, yep. you don't tell people our business and that goes for us as individuals. So I carried that. I mm. came up with that, that same thing. You don't, you don't talk about stuff like that and we don't do suicide. And I just go, okay, you know, um, so, you know, having to navigate that and feeling like, man, I really don't have anyone by my side. All the people I thought loved me really aren't listening to me like you guys don't hear me and i go yeah. i promised myself also if i ever had anyone reach out to me 
with those kind of thoughts that I would never dismiss them because mm. I was. I don't think they were intentionally doing that. It was just like they saw a strong black woman, someone who's mm. always smiling, bubbly, successful. I do that with quotes, right? Um, mm. successful and traveled the world. Why would she ever, you know? Mm. You know what yeah. is this journey that she's on? What are you talking about? For the, I don't think they could fathom it. So I don't put blame on anyone. I just they just. I love that they think highly of me, but I go, I hit some lows. I really wish that I was heard out. I didn't get the feedback I was looking for from my close ones at all. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, I am curious of like what um what advice would you give? Cause you you've been through it, obviously. So what advice would you give like a family member or a friend who like in those situations when you're almost kind of reaching out or even throwing like lifelines and they're kind of dismissing how would you say like what would have been best for you in that time just for them to listen mm. i didn't mm. need feedback or what they would do or what I, this is i hate that well what i would do is oh or when they try to i think how do you how would i say it um when you're telling a story and people find a way to make it relatable to themselves, oh, I, when, oh I've been through that before, or I've lived through that, or mm -hmm. I've experienced that. And I go, that's nice, but we it's a selfish moment. I'm talking about me and this is very, very serious. I just need you to listen um, and leave with grace and kindness. You don't always have to understand, just respect mm -hmm. people where they are. Yeah. It's not yeah. for us to always understand. I don't understand everything my friends tell me all the time. And I go, sometimes in my head, I go, that's crazy. I love you guys if you're listening. Sometimes I go, man, that is crazy. But I, I would never, <laughs> I'm listening. They've yeah. come, come to me because they see me as an individual that one they trust and that they feel very, very comfortable in disclosing whatever it is is on their mind that day. I would never invalidate their feelings. And I think I've, I've pride myself in doing a very good job. And that's probably why I became other people's therapists but when it was my turn, it was kind of like, since when did you, you know, since when did you lose mm. your marbles? Um, mm. Because I was always the person like, hey, wait, can I talk to you real quick? Always been that person. But when it was my wow. turn. It was not reciprocated at all. Man. Yeah. Well, and, and you're already in this headspace of trying to uh, find your worth in how you perform in what you do and to have to have that kind of thrown back in your face as of why you shouldn't have these um thoughts or mental health problems is like I'm just reaffirming that like what is wrong with me? Mm. Why do I feel this way when other people are saying I shouldn't? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, there was there was a switch that I kind of saw with you just like from afar where I don't know if it w was during 2020, but it was like this confidence switch in you. Um, And it, I don't know why I noticed it, but it was this like, I don't know if it was when you maybe you cut your hair. I don't know what happened, but like where where did that co confidence oh, come from. Um, I told myself I needed to leave everything that I knew when I hung up my shoes. And that's kind of where I cut my hair. I was just like, I don't know. I was, I always had the same look. I used to wear like a really short bob and the whole glam, the whole bit. And I just said, I want to do something completely different. I want to 
I don't know. I just wanted to be free from everything. I know that's like usually what women do, right? They cut off all their hair. And, they, and I go, that's crazy. I say the same thing. I would never do that. Why would I cut my hair off? And I go, I want to cut my hair. I want to cut my hair. And that's exactly what I did. And it was so freeing. Oh my gosh. Oh, such a free, free time for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I think it's so, I think it's, I think one of the most dangerous things in this world and most powerful things, I, I will let's say powerful is a black woman with confidence. And I oh. think because you guys are unstoppable when you, yes. when you have confidence. And like I said, I, I've, I've visually saw a switch in you and it's like, it is it, so awesome to see. Um, I did want to ask how, and how important is that to one for you, but also to like instill in, uh, the younger generation, because I, I I've seen that you you sometimes speak to like, you know, younger kids. How how important is that? I I love that question actually. I during that journey, I learned that my worth was not in again my accomplishments. It's a, a small part of who I am, mm -hmm. but it's not who I am. Um, and I know it's funny when I when I'm mentoring kids and even at the college level, I mentor at the college level now as well. And you hear a lot of times just them speaking like, oh my, their self-worth is in their athletics. Um, mm. I can see it. And I, you know, I don't say it to them like, oh, I noticed this is happening, but I just kind of, you know, ask questions and get them to open up their minds a little bit that you're so much greater than that. And this again is a very, very small part of your world you have so much more purpose and that's, this is not what we we're placed on this earth for was to, to do athletics. We have, we all have a purpose. And once I was able to believe that, not to say it, cause you say things you don't believe all the time, right? You're just trying to get there, mm. trying to manifest. Mm. And I go, but once I got there, I go really nothing phases me anymore, to be honest with you. I'm not easily stirred or riled up or anything like that. Uh, just because I just, it's again it's a small part of who i am i there's so much that comes with me and yeah. i'm excited about the person i am i'm proud of the person i am today but it was a mm. long it's like a long journey to get here mm. and that's the hardest part to teach like the youth like it's it never it's never ending every day you have to pour into yourself it's a it's a forever commitment to you mm. Mm. you have to choose yourself every single day and that's hard wow. because some days you get up and you go I, you know, I have my days and I've been very transparent with my significant other right now. Um, in the past few months, there was a day I was like, I don't want to be here today. I just said it straight. I don't want to be here today. And uh, we've walked through it and it'd go away. But I go, I have to choose myself every single day. Remind myself that I'm here for, I have a purpose. I don't know what it is yet. I'm still on that journey, but always forward. Mm -hmm. so I'm always forward. Everything always works out every that's time so yeah that that's amazing and i i think what's so cool for me is to like i've seen this theme of the olympic athletes that we've interviewed and all all of y'all saying the same thing of like i'm so much more than my sport and you know that's shocking for me because like to other people it's like wow y'all made it but yet you were so 
like you haven't felt um you haven't bought into this uh athlete identity mm. and i think it's so cool to see because like you said Whitney like for athletes to get in that mindset it's really hard very yeah um so i like i like looking at instagram bios and what you have in your bio is take, take the, the risk, risk or, or lose, lose the, the chance yes <laughs> had to be to it had to be to it hey no worries no worries talk to us about that fearlessness i feel a lot of times well not a lot of times anytime you don't step out of your comfort zone you'll never grow never and I love this quote. I don't exactly know. It. Like I've heard it a million ways is what I'm trying to say. But if you look around your circle, right? The people that you hang out with or whom you associate with and you're not inspired, you don't have a circle. You're in a cage. Whoa. And I, the moment I heard that quote, I, it changed wow. my life, how I associated with people. I make jokes all the time. I don't have very many friends. I know a lot of people. But I don't have a lot of friends. Um, but the people I can tap into, um, at least nowadays, I'm inspired by. They challenge me. Um, a lot of them are doing incredibly well in life, uh, well ahead of me. But it's exciting. It's not jealousy. It's like, oh, man, like I can ask real questions. We talk about real things. And they're pushing me again out of my comfort zone, things I've been fearful of. Heck, I moved from California to Kansas, got up again in two and a half years. Now I'm living in Arizona a kid who never thought they'd leave California. It was a crutch. I learned so much about myself living in the Midwest. Um, I was terrified, I didn't know anybody. Again, I found comfort and learning in who I was, um, ha having to navigate life, not being able to lean on family or friends. And I, again, I learned so much, but I can go on about that. Mm. All day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can go on that, but yeah. It's important. So take the risk or lose the chance. You That's never know what you become. Anything you want, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. so good. So say say what you said again. If the people you're around. Yes. If you look around your circle and you're not inspired, you don't have a circle. You're in a cage. <laughs> you should be able to tap into. It should be mutually beneficial. If they can't pour into you and vice versa, if you can love people from a distance, I don't believe in cutting everybody off unless, you know, it need be, you know what I'm saying? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> around and find out. Fuck around and find out. But um, if I'm not getting, it doesn't have to be just about me all the time. But if, again, if I can't be poured into and I can't pour into you or we're not talking about anything, we're gossiping all the time. I make this joke all the time. I'm in my 30s now. I don't care about that <laughs> I rarely watch TV. It's literally just a cute object on my wall. It's mindless. I want to grow and I want to learn. I want to build. I, I have so many goals for myself still in life. And so yeah. if I can't, what are we doing? What are we on the phone for? What are we talking about? It's okay to, you know, shoot jokes time to time. Of course, I love a pointless conversation and just to <laughs> laugh at my friends and, you know, have a drink or two. But when it's time to get down to it, when I need advice, yeah. I know people who have, have brains, have some sense, have been somewhere seasoned in life. Wow. Connected. I have friends that 
Can you get me to a football game? Hey, I need a hotel this weekend. You got it. Yeah, sure. I'll see you in the link. I got a plug. I got snack. I got this. Hey, I'm trying looking for a job. Sure, I can introduce you to this person. Um, I know this person. And that's really how I got to where I got to now. Tapping into my immediate network first. I've been able to transition two times in two years uh, to job opportunities just by tapping into my personal network. If you're hanging out riffraff, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Be where you are. (laughs) I think uh, one thing I like to say is that expired friendships Mm. are not a bad thing. They just expire. Everyone in your life for a season. Some longer than others, but I go, man, I look back and I go, man, we're really not, we're not as close as we used to be, but they served a purpose the time they were there. So Mm -hmm. I don't take that away from them. I love them just as much, but when I'm growing and I feel like, okay, now like I'm dragging you along and you're not wanting to pick up the pace, I got to leave you where you're standing. Yeah. Maybe I'll reach back for you later Mm -hmm. and hopefully a light bulb has gone off and I'll be right there. I won't judge you. But if not, I love you from a distance. I have friends like that. Mm -hmm. They're still my friends, just you know. From a distance. From <laughs> yeah. a distance, yeah. Dang. Oh, that's amazing. So, last question before we transition to our next segment: What does it mean for you to be authentically Whitney? To be unapologetic is what that means. Standing firm in my beliefs, speaking up, learning to say no. Um, putting myself first. I have this video, maybe you can add it. I don't know, but I have a video called I am enough. And I shot that. Oh my goodness. I don't even know what year that was now, a few years ago, but, um, the opening lines to that video is, is you owe it to yourself to put you first. And I've again, held on to that mind since I've said it. Um, I couldn't believe I wrote that script one night and I go, man, that was good. You got to hold on to that. Remind yourself of that. You owe it to yourself to put you first. Don't let anybody stop you. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let money hinder you. There's always, mm. oh, there's always a way. There's always a way. I don't even believe in sky is the limit. There are no limits. The only limits that exist are the ones that we, that are self-imposed. Mm. Wow. You have no idea how high you can really go past the skies. Remember, there is a whole universe outside of earth. So is really sky the limit type thing. Like it, you've got, you know, all type of solar systems. So I go, well, I don't even like that phrase anymore. How high do you want to go? So good. Dang. Man, Whitney, so this good. has been amazing. <laughs> you have been such, I can't wait for people to to hear this. Oh, I can't um, wait. But we did want to transition to our next segment, which is called Rapid Fire. So in this segment, we're going to ask you three questions. Just three. And it's the first thing that comes to mind. Don't pass go. Don't collect no packages at the door. Don't phone a friend. (laughs) Just whatever first thing comes to mind. Okay. Super deep, too. Super deep. Um, What is your go-to song right now? I don't know. What is my go-to song right now? Yeah. Um, Okay. I don't know her name that well. I would say church it's called church is it mariah the scientist sure i've never heard it Play it after this when you're done it's not, <laughs> it's not what you think but like it's so good i love instruments mm. so any sound that has a any song that has like a breakdown where you can hear a piano or a violin i go 
crazy. That's why I like 90s music and like Michael Jackson and stuff because you can actually hear musicians music. in their <laughs> yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, I you know this. I'm getting old. I'm like, I can't deal with you, young folks. You guys don't have no substance. No, people don't even play yep. instruments anymore. So, anyways, long winded, but I'm gonna go with that R&B all day. So I'm gonna go with Church. I think her name is Mariah the Scientist, or I don't know, but love her. Good all one. Right. You got me on that. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> if I could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? You know what? I'm a denim on denim type girl, and I feel like that's yes. Not- so, bring me back to the 90s. Anything 90s, I feel like they did a lot of denim back then, not like the super oversized, like not like the Nelly stuff. I think that was 2000s anyway, but I love a good denim on denim look, like tastefully done. I think it's still very classy. Don't judge. Don't like that. No, I like no. denim on denim. No judgment. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. Good question, Tony. Um, last question is: Would you rather have a pause button or a rewind button on your life? Pause. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I'm such a shot. <laughs> a pause button sometimes because it it would be nice to be able to slow down for a second. Like, mm-hmm. okay, right here, right now, I want to enjoy this space. It's not even to give me more time, but can I enjoy this moment a little longer? I want to, because I know where my mind takes me at times. Again, I can accomplish something and I go, okay, what's next? Pause. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to stay right here. Pause. I don't want to go back in time. Everything happens for a reason. And God intended that way. He wrote that path for me. Great. I just wish sometimes I can slow myself down and stay in the moment. That'd be great. Those were good questions. I'm going to steal a little <laughs> hey well thank you again for hopping on um let people know where they can find you what you have going on next i'm kind of boring these days but if you want to tune in time to time my instagram is little miss black diva little like little baby l-i-l miss black diva and um that's pretty much it that's the only platform i really use i watch a lot of tiktoks but i don't post anymore that was like a pandemic thing well no we'll see maybe i'll I don't know. Hit the play button on that again today. That was fun. Who who knows? You know what? Um, You do have a great voice. So if you ever wanted to do podcasts or YouTubes, I think it would be really great. Um, But we tell everybody who hops on our, our podcast or episodes that you're not part of our metaverse. So like, Feel free to always come back on. Maybe we can do like a three-way interview and we'll interview somebody else. So like you're part of our metaverse. So thank you for hopping on. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Can we just talk about how great this episode was oh it was it it literally was authentic yeah um but man she dropped so much good stuff but what i'm sitting with right now is when she said if you look around at your circle and you're not inspired you're not in a circle, you're in a cage. 
like what like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> like yeah it's that statement first of all is crazy i, I was like wow that was wild yeah and i they, need a t-shirt with that yes like, that's so good i also love just like her relationship her reconciliation she's she actively did with her father yes. um that's just beautiful and, I, and it, it was encouraging to hear a different narrative especially in the yeah. black community so um yeah that that was it was refreshing oh my gosh it was hope filled and man i just i i pray to see more of that within the black community yeah i agree well tony you know what time it is the the fans know what time it is they've been waiting it is time for the friendship quiz and this is the quiz of all quizzes we've been we've been rocking with this for a long time and i don't know i feel like i've been i've been getting some right recently and i'm feeling kind of good so whatever you have for me tony today i'm going to get it right i'm feeling good that's how i feel today all right i'm gonna give you an easy one who is my favorite hip hop artist? Who is your favorite hip hop artist? Oh man, I can like vividly I can vividly see you listening to this person, but I'm I'm not getting the artist. Oh gosh, favorite hip hop artist. Um Oh this is an ultimate test of our friendship. You should know this. Favorite hip hop artist. Okay. I need I need a little hint. Is this Christian hip hop or normal hip hop? I'll give you a hint this time, Christian. Okay. Oh gosh, Tony. Ah, okay, I have two names. Oh gosh! Of all time, man, yes. I want to say Andy Minio or Lecrae, but shoot, Lecrae. Great, good job, good freaking job. <laughs> it should not have been that hard, man. Well, I was like, you've met Andy Minio though, so that's why I was like, maybe it was Andy Minio, but Lecrae's been around longer. Yeah, I met Lecrae too, so Okay Yeah Well, as you guys can see, I'm a great friend <laughs> I just I just need a little hint Because if it, if you would have said like Like regular hip-hop, I would have had no clue Right, right <laughs> Hey guys, thank you Thanks again for uh, tuning in Hey, we are now part of MSW Media um, Malershi wrote So tune in to their uh, network take a look at the website you'll find us there you know you'll see some chocolate faces um <laughs> hey keep rocking with us we got some more things coming until next time be authentic in everything that you do peace peace <laughs>